Hey, hey people, you're welcome to another episode of this podcast. Our topic today is titled, So You Think Your Code Is Clean. So let's talk about what it means to have clean code in a bit. (laughs) Alright, so while getting ready for this episode, I came across this interesting quote by Martin Fowler. And it goes thus. Any fool can write code that a computer can understand. Good programmers write code that humans can understand. Have you ever come across a piece of code and you're like, oh my God, what in the world was this individual thinking when they wrote this? Please call 911. This is a national emergency. And then you take a step back and decide to use a tool like GitLens to check who wrote the code. So for those that don't know, GitLens adds authorship to a file and even to lines of code. So in other words, you're able to easily see you know, who to blame for any piece of code written. So yes, with your GitLens extension, you decide, I'm going to find whoever wrote this inferior code. I will find them and I will do something to them. And alas, it's been discovered by none other than you that you actually wrote this. What do you do at that point? Are you one of those that acts like nothing tragic just happened and move on? You are not alone. Alright, so in discussing clean code today, we'll be looking at how to make your code clean. And this simply means making your code readable, ensuring that you're not that guy or that girl that comes across code they've written three months ago and do not believe that they wrote it. So to start, let's find out why we need clean code, okay? As we saw from that quote by Martin, Great code is written for human beings, not superhumans, not X-Men or supernatural beings, but regular human beings to understand. Because of this, it needs to be as clear as possible. This means that in ensuring that your code is clear and easy to understand, people need to read and understand under a short period of time. Also, you also need to make it easy for someone else to maintain it down the line. They should easily be able to refactor without incurring technical debt. And if you're listening and unfamiliar with what technical debt is, please check out the first episode of this podcast because that was our topic. I spoke about it there, so you might want to take a look at that. Okay, now, what are those practices that make code unreadable? Firstly, the typical and most common is poor variable names and function names. Now when creating variable names and function names in your code, please avoid using acronyms as much as you can. For example, for a variable that holds the lines per page on a book, using LPP to denote lines per page or another example could be using UPI to represent user profile information. Another thing people sometimes do is represent variable names with single letters such as X or Y. This is hard for any reader to understand on first glance and probably even on second, third, (laughs) and the fourth glance as well. So try to stick with using a name that easily shows what that variable is responsible for. It's funny because it can really be hard to come up with names. I'm so sure that people that even have kids right probably spent months deliberating on what name to give their children i know it took me a while to give my wi-fi 
a name. I, I, I know that it took some deliberation and some thinking. And eventually, the name is never up to, I don't know, six, six letters. <laughs> Alright, so secondly, another thing in code that causes ambiguity is having a function that does a billion things. Okay, maybe not a billion, but really a function doing more than one thing needs to be split up, break it up. So if your function needs to add numbers, it should be taking the necessary arguments and only adding them, period. You should not be sending emails in a function that should only update user input field. No, 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 don't do it. I know it's tempting to have a longer function sometimes, but if it means that it has to handle two or more different responsibilities, then it's so not worth it. Also, if your if else statements are beginning to get too nested, it's time to think about splitting those up into functions. Another important thing to look out for is commenting on documentation. A general thing is to check that you don't find yourself explaining what your code does with comments. Now, when you begin to see this happening, you want to take a step back and look at it again. Your code needs to speak for itself and drop the mic, okay? Trust me, it doesn't want the comment section speaking for it, no. So your comment should really and ideally explain why something is being done and not what's been done. Also, try to ensure you don't have stale comments. When code is changed, update the associated comments. Leaving stale comments on updated code can really be misleading. Another thing you want to do is to make sure that your readme file describes how the code base is set up and other vital information. And you want to ensure that this is updated frequently and kept up to date because this is super useful for new developers who join the team later or even another developer on a different team who just cares to know what's going on on your team, right? One major key to make your code easily readable and pleasing to the eye of the beholder is indentation. Lots of tools out there are available to automate this. I personally use Prettier to keep my indentation nice and clean, so you might want to take advantage of this as well. Tests. You want to write tests that keep your code accountable, right? And it basically helps a reader send the test to know how the code should function and what is expected of it. Also useful if you need to update some parts of the code base, right? So if you had tests written for those parts, the test would obviously fail because they no longer meet the criteria for the new or updated code. So you see why it keeps your code accountable, right? So ideally, the TDD process, that's the test-driven development process, is advised. But you know what? Let's leave this <laughs> for a different episode in the future. Finally, brethren, practice, practice, practice. Learn by doing. The more you write and review other people's code, the better you are at identifying and writing good code. It's just that simple. And with that, we've come to the end of today's show. I hope you've learned quite a bit about clean code. Don't forget, we're getting pretty close to the end of the first season. Next week's episode will be the last one for this season. So be prepared for an amazing time. And I'll talk to you next week. 
Hey there, trust you had fun listening to this week's episode of Rewire with Susan. For more of this, be sure to subscribe to get updated with new episodes. If you have any questions, rants, suggestions, feedback, or a topic you'd like for us to discuss here, simply send an email to hello at Susan.com. You can also drop a tweet or DM me at Sir Hastings on Twitter. Thank you for listening and talk to you soon.